This is a war machine rhino. What's up? This is TJP. This is the swingman, Johnny Swinger. This is Father James Mitchell. And you're listening to Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis, Daddy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Total Nonstop Analysis. I am your host, as always, Carmen Michael, joined by my best friends, KP and Davis. How the hell are y'all? Doing wonderful. Uh, just got off work, uh, ready to talk about some uh, TNA, man. Yeah, I'm good as well. I actually got to eat before this pay-per-view, so I'm not hungry. Oh, I love to hear Ooh, that's That's good. I'll tell you, though, I, I'm ex- as excited as I am about uh, talking about the pay-per-view tonight. I'm more excited for this fucking weekend. We got. I was just about to bring <laughs> that up. It is a huge week. This weekend, New South Haas Tournament live on IWTV. And total nonstop analysis, this official sponsor, it's kind of a big deal. A little bit, a little bit. Not only do we have the two-night 16-person tournament, but we also have the winner of IWTV's The Masked Wrestler going one-on-one with independent wrestling champion Warhorse. Who rules ass. He rules ass. He does, in fact, rule ass. He's going to rule our ass, I'll tell you that much. Whoa. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about it. And if, if two days at New South isn't enough, uh, 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 not to mention we have the uh, unofficial uh, official after party uh, where we watch Revolution with Carmen. We got three. Me and Davis have three full days of hanging out with Carmen. It's going to be great. Y'all are going to be so sick of me. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. But huge weekend, cannot wait. And speaking of people who are having a huge week, our special guest today was voted the 2020 Texas Ring Announcer of the Year. You can see him at Lions Pride Sports. And now he's the host and producer of the new Championship Wrestling Gulf Coast on CBS 17 in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Bryce Boudreaux. How's it going, Bryce? Man, that's a great introduction. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you, buddy. It's been a long time. You were like one of the first people to reach out, say you wanted to be a guest. Took a while to get you on here, but I'm so happy you're here. Yeah, man. Uh, I Whenever I saw somebody was doing a pay-per-view on... Not a pay-per-view, a podcast about old TNA pay-per-views and just everything old school TNA. I had to jump on it because you can ask close friends of mine. TNA has always been my number one, you know, and I I will say this to the day I die from the year of 2005 to 2008, you know, uh, if if you turn on USA network on a Monday night, you're going to see, uh, uh, diarrhea falling from the ceiling, midgets, you're going to see uh, uh, men kissing other men's asses, uh, you're, and you're going to see puppies and all that stuff, and limousines blowing up, whereas you turn on Spike TV on a Thursday night, and you can see the greatest wrestling you've ever seen in your entire life. So if rumors are correct, Bryce, 
I hear that you uh, may have a little special connection to Against All Odds 2005. Yes, I do. Uh, I, uh, I, I rewatched Against All Odds 2005 again by the way of DVD. And I have it, I have the DVD copy uh, from whenever I went to a TNA house show in 2009 in the, in the uh, Lake Charles Civic Center. I sat ringside and tickets were like 50 bucks for ringside seats. And like my buddy's parents got our tickets, whatever. But if you paid $50 extra, you could come inside the building like two hours earlier. Don West gives you a tour like, you know, a merchandise area and like around the ring and all. You don't go backstage. But thing is that you pay your money. They give you a free brown bag special with a program and you go to your seat and like the wrestlers come out and you get autographs, get take pictures with the wrestlers. It's probably the greatest experience you're going to get. It was the greatest touring wrestling experience that you were going to get. WWE don't do that. TNA actually cared. And so that was pretty cool. Um, but the Brown Bag Special, if you don't remember that, Don West would plug the Brown Bag Special each week in 2009, 2008, 2010, whatever. Still does. Uh, if you go on, T- on the shoptna.com. You can buy a brownback special, I'm sure. I'm sure they still have some left. But it consisted of four DVDs, a T-shirt of your choosing, and like a little uh, pendant, like a necklace or a bracelet or whatever. And uh, they had something else you can get with it. I forget what. Oh, yeah, they give you a program. So the DVDs I got were like the best of the TNA knockouts, the 50 greatest moments of TNA history, uh, Against All Odds 2005, and I think Hard Justice. 2005 too so yeah uh i i've watched it a million times and it's a little bit more different on dvd rather than if you watch it on on impact impact plus because you know you have like the loading screen the old school dvd loading screens and it has like the show intro and it's like a pyramid it's weird (laughs) but yeah so so let's get right into it the show opens with an epic opening package we get it set to orchestral music. The narrator tells the story of all of our featured matches. We usually get on here and openly shit over all of the opening packages we've gotten for these pay-per-views so far. It's usually pretty bad. But this is honestly one of my favorite ones they've ever done. This was so tasteful. What do you think about that, Bryce? Yeah, uh, Dave Sahadi uh, was was in charge of the uh, video of TNA. I, I was actually supposed to get an interview with Dave Zahadi whenever I did my podcast. He was go, Hey, I, I need to get you in contact with Dave Zahadi. He would love to come on this because he could tell you all kinds of cool stuff. But Dave that Zahadi, would be so dope. Oh, Dave Zahadi. I don't know if you know that he did the rock and Austin to my mm-hmm. way for WrestleMania. Remember, hit each other. Oh, I'm a big fan as someone in production. I, I, I there you go. <laughs> so Dave Zahadi did this and then Barry Scott, God rest his soul. He was uh, the voiceover guy for, I mean, he was doing the voiceovers for all this, but dude, whenever he's like 2005. It's so epic. Total nonstop action wrestling. Oh, dude, that's so good. Yeah, like the sun is rising and uh, yeah, I mean, you got goosebumps. You were, it felt like you're about to watch you know, something that was going to change your life. But yeah, you're right. They were really goofy in the past. Like they would do like tongue in cheek stuff. Like 
this is the best wrestling, you know, this is better than what you're going to see on another night, you know. And then, people uh, dressed as Elvis. <laughs> uh, yep. Well, hey, that all ends to, on tonight's pay-per-view. Well, well, it already ended, but you, you ain't going to see that no more because in the main event, which we'll talk about it later, but in, in the main event, we got Kevin Nash and Double J, and of course, uh, Kings of Wrestling no more. Um, hey, they put it in that real quick. KP. Oh yeah, I love this opening package. Uh, I got. Uh, I'm I'm glad that we're starting to see a little improvement here and there, because you know, as you mentioned before, you know, we usually like to shit on the opening packages, but th- they did really good. And I was honestly like, I was hopped like from the very beginning. I was like, okay, I- I'm ready for this. Yeah, this was a pretty decent opening package. It was just. Pretty much ran ran down everything we needed to know, or you know, more or less. And I was impressed. It was so epic. I love it. Yep, it was great. We go live inside the impact zone. Mike Tanay and Don West, they give the rundown before sending it to our favorite parking lot correspondent, Shane Douglas, who surprisingly is standing outside of a locker room. He just seems so out of place, if you ask me. But he's trying to get a word with Jeff Jarrett. Douglas says the room is full of friends, family, NWA dignitaries, and lawyers discussing the main event. All of a sudden, the door opens. Larry Sabisco exits with a lawyer. Clearly, I mean, I've got to assume that this is probably one of the few legal discussions to take place with one of the participants wearing a short sleeve button up shirt. That features a dog riding a motorcycle. <laughs> it was a cool shirt. It <clears> wouldn't, I, mean, I mean, I wouldn't wear it, but I feel like that's code for get me one of these shirts. I tell you what, the next time we host a wrestling show, if I get <laughs> if I get one of these shirts that has a dog riding a motorcycle. I promise I will wear it on IWTV. Okay, I'll I'll keep that in mind. And uh, you know, we got to give it up for Shane Douglas because this is probably the first time I've seen Shane Douglas on TNA that wasn't in a parking lot. Shane, uh, I love Shane as a broadcaster. Honestly, I thought he was awesome as a broadcaster. And then whenever he wrestled, you saw a really sadistic side of Shane in in TNA. But uh, this is something that I really love that they did. TNA was just, God, just ecstasy for uh, production people because the way that they did the opening, the camera shot, and it spins, and you see the impact zone, and they, whenever they go straight to the commentary table, and they, they talk to Mike Tanay and Don West, or like, Mike Tanay is like, we welcome you to the impact zone in Orlando, Florida, tonight is against all odds, and then the pyro shoots off after they do commentary which is just genius. But Don West and Mike Tenay at the commentary table getting you fired up for the show. I, I, I have chills talking about that. And you go to the locker room, you, you know, backstage. Um, it's in the offices of Universal Studios uh, is where they filmed a lot of that stuff. But uh, that was like their hair and makeup rooms. But this is something that I really enjoyed. Getting the shot outside the locker room of, you know, you know, we've got Scott Hudson over here. We've got Shane Douglas over here outside of Kevin Nash's locker room. 
outside of uh, Jeff Jarrett's locker room. So they go to Jeff Jarrett's locker room. Kane Douglas has some stuff to say. And then after that, they go to Kevin Nash's locker room where Scott Hudson is. And that, to me, is just how things should be done. And it makes it feel like it's going to be freaking huge. You're going to see it's like the Super Bowl's happening tonight. It's This is the big money fight. As someone who works in production, TNA, like really there's none better than TNA during this time. Absolutely love their production. Mm-hmm. Shout out to a friend of the podcast, Matt Mitchell, who worked in production. Love yeah. yeah. After this, we cut to the first match. Elix Skipper facing Petey Williams. The winner becomes the number one contender for the TNA X Division Championship. Oh, my Lord. This is good. Yeah, man, that was a really good match. Commentary mentions that Petey Williams at this time was only 22 years old with three years of experience. Wow. Like, Can you imagine? That is insane pulling off like just the short run he's been in here in TNA so far. That's crazy. Oh, wow. yeah. I didn't know he was that young. Petey at one point hits a gorgeous slingshot Hurricane Rana over the top rope, crashing to the floor. At one point, primetime Elix Skipper jumps to the top rope to hit an avalanche butterfly suplex. I mean, just great work from both men. I could talk about the moves all day. But the match ends when primetime counters a diving Canadian destroyer attempt and hits the sudden death for the win. Bit of a surprising outcome, but primetime Elix Skipper picking up the win. Yeah, that was a solid opener. Yeah, I agree. Solid opener. Uh, I like primetime's new move, the the, the the sudden death, I believe is what they called it. Elix, fun fact, Elix Skipper added me on LinkedIn. You know what he's doing now? He's He's a manager at a Golden Corral. What? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, I didn't know until the other day when we were doing research for the pod. Elix Skipper is 53 years old now. Dude, he's been wrestling for a while. And it is something worth mentioning. His name change did uh, not last very long. Because if you remember on the Go Home episode, they only referred to him as primetime. Yeah. On the lower third, upper third, all during commentary, only primetime. Yeah. And now he's... Now he's back to Elix Skipper. I, I just referred to him as primetime. After this, we get a video of Jeff Hammond training in ring before the show. He's there with the three live crew. Michael Shane and Frankie Kazarian watch on from the side of the ring and insult them as it happens. This upsets Jeff Hammond. Eh, it's n- not my cup of tea here. Isn't this uh, a total nonstop analysis Twitter fan, Jeff Hammond? You mean the Jeff Hammond who the Jeff retweeted, Hammond? retweeted our podcast to his 130-something thousand followers? Yeah, he's huge, huge fan of the podcast, obviously. I don't know about that. <laughs> and just for the record, we don't, we don't hate Jeff Hammond. No, no, we, not at all. Not a fan of his finishing move, just... but I appreciate that he came in. And did what he had to do. He's a wrestling fan who got to wrestle. So that's awesome hey, for him. He's living the he, he he lived the dream, okay? After this, we get BG James and the man himself, Jeff Hammond, defeating Kazarian and Michael Shane. 
I had zero interest in this match. I mean, yeah, it, it was what it was for a celebrity match. He, for a celebrity match, he did a good job. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you said you said that because uh, so I was gonna say uh, he this uh, you know obviously I didn't have a lot of high hopes for this match and you know it it, it was by no means a good match, but for a celebrity match, it was better than I thought. And I will I will give props to Jeff Hammond. He does have a pretty decent spear. I will give props to Jeff Hammond for looking like a PE teacher who takes his job way too seriously with the way he was dressed. So <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're okay with a respectful roast, Mr. Hammond. <laughs> it's been long enough. Just laugh about it. <laughs> Hammond ducks a super kick from Shane, which ends up hitting Kazarian Hammond then hits his pit stop elbow for the win. Probably one of the uh, worst finishers of all time. Um, I think, I think he could have done something a little bit more cooler, like put somebody in a full Nelson, but I think in his mind, he's like, this would be so cool. And they're like, sure. Have fun, bud. But I'm thinking like, you know, old school Southern wrestling, you know, how Jeff Hammond talks like this and, you know, he's, NASCAR and I don't make fun of anybody, but uh, you know, old we, school. We live here. We we know what it's like. Yeah, we do. Yeah, <laughs> but old school wrestling. You know, Paul Nelson, man, come on, put some money in a choco. I mean, it was better than I could probably do. I will say, I, I'm not sure if y'all saw the video of me taking a Stone Cold Stunner. It it's it's hard to get in the ring. Me and Davis has only been in the ring one time, and it was to to hug you and that was it no <laughs> i forgot all no. about that that's Y'all the extent we, we, we did oh the, that's we right did the that's best, right yeah we did the yeah, best friends right. hug yeah. yeah that's the extent of our in-ring experience but i will put that on like and I, if i ever decide to get into wrestling i'll put that on my experience and i mean you know obviously i'm a ring announcer i have no business being in the ring so i don't know why that bastard can't have it hit me with a stone cold stunner the other night. I was simply telling him to cut it out because he had already stunned like a good 15 people on our roster. I said, look, man, the show's over. You know, everyone's already been beaten. You kicked everyone's ass, but there's no one else to kick their ass. And he said, well, you know, I see your point. But I know of one more person. I was like, what are you talking about, man? I'm the only person here. And before I could. Carmen, I, I hate to tell you, buddy, but but you kind of set yourself up for that one. I was doing my job. I feel like you, you walked right into that one. After this, we go outside to Dusty Rhodes office. Larry Zabisco and the lawyer are here to deliver an affidavit. Their hopes is to void the stipulation in the heavyweight championship match. The lawyer claims he has proof that Jeff Jarrett has never even used a guitar in a match. Dusty uh, doesn't exactly see eye to eye. Then the lawyer threatens eviction from the impact zone. Trinity interjects, threatens to rough up the lawyer. Dusty tells everyone to go their separate ways. To end the segment. Okay. Uh, 
what I want to know, and I, I'm no law expert by any means, but where the hell did Jeff Jarrett get this lawyer? My client has never used a guitar in a match. I, I can easily find all the proof I need to prove that, that statement false. I mean, they didn't have Impact Plus in the day. Maybe the lawyer wasn't studied up. That's very true. That's very true. Okay, so yeah, Dusty's office. Uh, dude, uh, I was a huge fan because like Dusty, you know, sometimes you'd see him just somewhere random backstage. But I, I don't know whose idea it was. It was probably him. And I know you guys do, you know, your Dusty impersonations, and I'm not very good at it, but see him, you know, Dusty going to, Getting the back of a pickup truck. I can't, I can barely. I, that that was a lot better than us. I'll sometimes give you credit for that. I can uh, really do it. You know, got to kind of nasal, man. Nasal. Baby, we're going to get in the back of a little pickup truck. You know, the American dream, that's the road. Going to get in the back of a pickup truck, which is Tracy Brooks. Going to get in the little bit of hay in the back. Oh, of that part was definitely truck. his idea. He's oh, like, give me out. We're going to get the two hottest girls on the roster and we'll just have them <laughs> fight over me. <laughs> Dude, it's and, and, and like, okay, think about this. A couple years earlier, if you were watching Monday Night Raw, whenever Stone Cold was like the guest, I forget what, what he was. He was the Same sheriff. Stuff. He was the sheriff. <laughs> Whatever. I, I was barely watching wrestling. I don't think I was watching wrestling at the time. Whatever. But, uh, uh, no, Stone Cold, like, he, he would be in a cab of a pickup truck, or he would be just, like, in an office that had, like, a glass wall. He would be in different situations each week. Same thing with, like, Mick Foley back in the day. So this was cool with Dusty in the pickup truck. He's just hanging out. But, uh, I mean, where else would Dusty be, you know? Dusty's got chewed back in the lip. He's hanging out with all the hot knockouts on the roster. Uh, and uh, he's got the hay. And, yeah. After this, we see Raven taking on Dustin Rhodes. Dustin battling here on behalf of Cassidy Riley, who Raven has been viciously assaulting lately, really going out of his way to make this kid's life hell. Bryce, I know you sort of have a connection here, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that? This is actually one of my favorite matches on the card. Uh, So I love Dustin Rhodes coming into TNA. Uh, this was very, this resembled the Dustin Rhodes that I love, which was the natural Dustin Rhodes. Uh, this version is just an older version of the natural. And, you know, he came out, cowboy, country music, whatever, cowboy hat, Dustin Rhodes, shoot it back in the lip. Uh, but this whole thing with uh, Dustin Rhodes uh, in, in the ring and um, it all revolves around a young man by the name of Cassidy Riley, uh, mm-hmm. which Cassidy Riley, it's crazy. I grew up watching Cassidy and now good buddy of mine, Cassidy Riley. So if Cassidy, you're listening, big shout out to Cassidy. And you need to have Cassidy on the show. Eventually he would, he'd love to do it. Uh, he's a very busy man. He's actually a nurse right now. He's fighting COVID. Uh, but, uh, great shout guy. out to Cassidy then. Yeah, man. Cassidy, doing the Cassidy's Lord's work, doing- brother. He is. He is. He's a nurse. He's building a big, huge house in North uh, North Louisiana right now. He's doing it up, man. He's probably one of the most successful TNA wrestlers that left wrestling. Well, thank, wrestling. thank you so much for that, because actually, I want to say it's like our second or third show that we did. 
we actually got a fan question that asked about Cassidy Riley, and I had yeah. no idea. I had no idea what he was up to. Yeah, man, they asked what great. happened to him. I said, I said, I honestly don't know. So there's your answer, <laughs> fan. I don't remember who asked. But there's your answer. What happened to Cassidy Riley? Yeah, man, Cassidy. making moves. Yeah, oh, big time. Cassidy, Cassidy's a he's a he's a he's a proud daddy. He's got two little girls. Um, he's building him a big, huge house. I mean, this place is phenomenal. And he's uh he's 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 a nurse. He's uh, he's doing really big stuff in the medical field, fighting COVID. Um, but uh, yeah, man, he still wrestles uh, in Louisiana for a promotion called BIW, Bayou Independent Wrestling, which books guys like Steve Anthony, Frankie Thomas. Uh, a lot of Texas guys, APOC, and Cassidy is like their main guy. Cassidy lives in Monroe, uh, Louisiana. So that's North Louisiana. But uh, they actually, they're actually they're doing shows in Mississippi because of COVID right now. Besides the point. So Raven goes out there and sees Cassidy and went in the ring and like broke Cassidy's fingers. I'm like, that was gruesome. You know, it's like, ah, it's just snapping his fingers. Much better than that. Hack, Marty Squirrel breaks fingers. I'm just kidding. But uh, this made Dustin Rhodes freak out. Dustin Rhodes come to the rescue and save a young Cassie Riley. And then, um, yeah, it, it goes to the next week. And, you know, Cassidy and Dustin, you know, Cassidy's learning under Dustin Rhodes. And Raven comes in and is like, oh, hey, I didn't know the little girls were having a party. Oh, how come I wasn't invited? And he's just like, hey, man, I'm really sorry about your fingers. Yeah, I'm really sorry. Whatever, you know. So the match begins... Raven targets the leg early on. And there's just something a little strange to me about Raven using an ankle lock. I don't know what it is. It's just so weird seeing Raven do like technical wrestling <laughs> for lack of a better term. Just I always see him as, you know, this hardcore moody brawler type. And here he is, you know, Breaking out some submission moves, which is strange. Raven ends up winning with a roll-up and putting his feet on the ropes. But he doesn't stop there. Raven keeps the attack going. Dustin mounts a little bit of a comeback. He runs into the corner after Raven, but Raven pulls the referee in the way. And then here's where things get a little interesting. Raven manages to put Dustin in a straight jacket and continues to inflict punishment back in the ring with a garbage can. Raven ties Dustin's arms around the ropes and behind his back, setting him up to whip him with a leather strap. Cassidy Riley attempts to make a save, but is given a Raven effect. Then Raven unleashes on Dustin with the strap. Pretty, uh, pretty brutal way to end this. What do y'all think? Yeah, uh, is I'm assuming that's not going to be the end of the Dustin Raven uh, feud, right? Because it doesn't seem like it. You might be onto something there. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, uh, the, the, the match was fun, but I, I hated the ending. I hated that he won with that roll up with his feet on the ropes. But it, but like you said, it was also odd seeing a uh, Raven do like technical wrestling. Yeah, I don't know. I did, I don't have a whole lot of notes on this one. It's just, I mean, it was. I just thought like it was a bit sloppy, in a lot of parts. I mean, maybe maybe it was just me. Uh, but it, one thing I, did, I did do want to say is that it's crazy 
how much better Dustin is now compared to then. Like he just seems, I mean, I know he was going through a lot, but dang. After this, the lights go out and we hear a familiar disembodied female voice. We finally get a time and a name for the mystery man who is set to debut. We've seen these cryptic videos for weeks now. Again, please don't get your hopes up. (laughs) But they announced that Triton is coming this week on Impact on FSN. Triton. What a cool name. In in TNA and still to this day, we have we had a lot of those cryptic videos each week. You know, uh, that was always something that I loved about TNA was that. You know, and with WWE, they don't really do it anymore with WWE. It's but, you know, now with WWE, you know who it is already because it's somebody from NXT. Whereas, what the hell is this? You know, but the vignettes um, from from TNA, they always did something. You're like, what? The, what is this? You know. But yeah, to your point, they were really good at the art of the vignette, which I feel like has been lost lately. Dave Sahadi was doing them, you know, but the, the so way good. they do. You know, and then Mike Tanay, how about this, Don? <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> like even characters like this that, you know, didn't really pan out. They made it right. feel like it was something huge happening, which I really did appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that was always, it was, it was about making a, a big deal, you know, uh, Chicken, uh, chicken salad out of chicken shit, you know. Absolutely. Next, we get America's Most Wanted facing off against Kid Cash and Lance Hoyt. Really good match here. Cash and Hoyt focus on the back of Storm early on. At one point, Cash hits a beautiful springboard moonsault. It's absolutely like chef's kiss. There was an avalanche side slam by Hoyt onto Storm, and I've never seen anything like that. So kudos to Lance Hoyt there. The ending comes when Harris handcuffs Cash to the top turnbuckle before hitting the death sentence on Hoyt for the win. Excellent match. Yeah, man. Uh, Funny you mentioned Lance Hoyt. Today's actually his birthday. So happy birthday to Lance Hoyt. Happy birthday, Uh, Lance. Lance Archer now with AEW. I hit him up this morning. Give him a happy birthday. Hit me back up. Yeah, love Lance a lot, man. It's funny. I just came back from Lions Pride Sports in College Station. Lance and Houston Carson, the owner of Lions Pride Sports, they're real tight. They're boys. And uh, Lance was one of our original stars, our original big stars at, at Lions Pride Sports. Man, he was nice. our uh, he was our champion. And just picking his brain and, and talking to Lance and, and hanging out with Lance. You know, I, I Lance, I was a huge fan of watching TNA. They didn't really know what they wanted to do with Lance, but they loved how I loved how Kid Cash and Lance gelled as a team. You know, you had Kid Cash, this little mouthpiece. Kid Cash looks like Kid Rock, and it's funny because Kid Cash looked like Kid Rock, and then Lance started doing every show. (laughs) Lance Rock, yeah. Well, that's why he was called Kid Kid Crash, Kid, because he used to look like. Well, he looks like Kid Rock. And then Lance, you, Lance looks like Kid Rock. He did the Lance Rock gimmick where he thought he was Kid Rock. Oh, I've got to check that out. <laughs> that sounds great. This is like 2007. 
And this is whenever uh, Kid Rock, what was that song? Was it All Summer Long? All or Summer Long. Like that? It's whenever that came out. Uh, Lance Hoyt changed his name to Lance Rock, and he started dressing like Kid Rock and talking like Kid Rock. And I do not remember that whatsoever. <laughs> Dude, he, I love the, the Rock and Rave Infection whenever <laughs> they would do the tune, they would they play the guitars, and then Lance would get on the microphone and be like, Hey, somebody give me a bottle of whiskey and a ham sandwich, man. <laughs> it's like the goofiest Good. stuff. But you know, they, yeah, he hated it. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it's, I don't know, to, to me, it kind of felt like just, you know, your typical AMW tag match. It, it was great, but, you know, it, uh, this wasn't like one of the the main highlights of the show for me. Yeah, we're still early into the show, but yeah, it was. I mean, it was a fantastic match. Kid Cash is awesome. Yeah, and I'll say really that. underappreciated. I'll second that. Kid Cash has easily become be, easily been one of my favorite things about watching TNA. Up next, TNA finally gives us what we've been dying for, what we've been lusting for this entire night we cut to the parking lot where a limo has pulled up shane douglas of course first on the scene he's chomping at the bit for a huge scoop he wants to know who's in the limo at this point security gets in the way they will not let him in there he's yelling he has to know who it is it's got to be someone big who is it who is it and I got to tell you, this segment is just so much better the 23rd time around. This is. <laughs> dude, I love it. I love it, dude. It's like watching that, it just brings a smile to my face. Just like it's always how many limos do they have at Orlando Studios? And how many times is Shane Doe's going to appear? <laughs> I'm not sure if you heard our fantasy booking from a few episodes ago. No. But we were asked to book our own TNA pay-per-view. Okay. And my semi-main event was a who's in the limo match where Shane Douglas was outside with three limos in front of him. He would pick one and then have a parking lot brawl with it. But it was a mystery. It was like part game show, part, <laughs> part TNA. And then we booked, we each picked who was in a limo. Like he'd pick limo number three, limo one, would pull up, the window would roll down, Sting would look at him, just point his bat, it would drive off. Second limo, <laughs> window rolled down, Ric Flair, he just yells, woo! Limo drives off. Third limo is there. <laughs> Shane's just ready to get in there and fight. He runs over, slings the door open, dives into the limo head first to try to get the head start. Right into Rikishi's ass. <laughs> and then oh, that's no, how no, the no. match starts. Junior Fatu. Junior Fatu. He's not Rikishi. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> no, dude, that's, that, that's hilarious. Next up, we have the first ever Full Metal Mayhem match. In this match, it's essentially a tables, ladders, and chairs match. But it's... Mm. Y'all already know I'm a huge fan of Jeff Hardy and Abyss. I've been looking forward to this so much. One of my favorite feuds. 
This match is to become the number one contender to the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. A nice little added stipulation. Yeah. Two envelopes are hung above the ring. One is empty. The other holds a contract to become number one contender. I told what y'all think about the uh, the little fake out there with the two so, envelopes? So so I really like that, and I honestly would love to see WWE like implement that with Money in the Bank. It's such a TNA thing to do something <laughs> like that just for the sake of it. Like we got to be different. Yep. Like they had the reverse battle royal. They had the gauntlet match that for some reason ends with a singles match, but it was almost a Royal rumble. Like they always do something to put their own spin on things. So the fact that there's two envelopes, eh, not my favorite. Also an envelope. Not awful at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. It was actually a really interesting idea. Like it felt like I was like, you're combining like money in the bank with TLC. It's just a, a different kind of thing. And the, the fake, the fake, you know, contract thing. It's different, yeah, and neat, but I don't, I don't know. Weird to me. It wasn't weird to me. I loved it. <laughs> I want more people to do shit like this. I don't want to sit here and go through all the spots. Go out of your way and watch this. Like, absolutely really love these two. So good. I think the spot that everyone tends to remember is Jeff Hardy setting up. Abyss onto a table climbing the entrance set and hitting a swanton from the top of the entrance Jeff Hardy is fucking insane (laughs) but in a good way Hardy grabs a massive ladder but grabs the wrong envelope Abyss (sighs) takes advantage whips Hardy over the ropes into a stack of tables. He climbs the ladder and retrieves the contract to win. Hardy upset on the outside. There's a little bit of a temper tantrum, understandably. But overall, great match. Go out of your way to watch it. How do y'all feel about it? I love the buildup for this, uh, how, like, Jeff was poking the bear, and, you know, Jeff was... Jeff... Uh, turning the tables around on Abyss and, uh, and and playing mind games with him. And, like, you know, you see Abyss, you know, I love the videos they were playing, and it's, like, Jeff's theme song, and it's just clips of Jeff doing Jeff. And, like, Jeff, like, perched up on top of a building watching Abyss. And yeah, just an incredible match. Oh, my God. Full Metal Mayhem. This right here was my favorite match on the card. Seriously, go out of your way to watch this match. Whenever... Whenever Jeff got put off the off the ladder to the, that stack of tables, I was just like, ow, ow. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? Of course, Jeff Hardy would want to do that spot. And like most of this match was like just text textbook Jeff Hardy stuff. Like, this is him at his finest. There's one I don't remember exactly where it was, but there was one spot where Hardy literally goes ass first onto a bunch of ladders. And I'm like, ow, no. Ah. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, this not, not a spot I'd want to take. Yeah, I won't say mine and Davis's, but this is one of three of my favorite matches of the night. Easily, hands down. Like, I need more of this. Yeah, it's great. Like, 
like they were saying, yeah. go out, go out of your way to watch it. And I will say though, Carmen has been hopping this up for a while. They always like keep keep mentioning, oh man, you just wait until Abyss versus Jeff Hardy. And uh, I, I was a little concerned that you may have been overhyping it, but it totally lived up to the hype, exceeded expectations. They're not done quite yet either. Good. Abyss and Jeff Hardy. Thought forever. <laughs> had a string <laughs> of amazing matches. And like I said, Jeff Hardy's had a pretty busy year this year. He had, had a couple of great feuds, a couple of great matches. But we'll get there. We get there. I don't want to spoil things. Yeah, so I don't I don't want any details, but do we get more of these full metal mayhem matches? Absolutely. Good, good. Up next, we get a match that was scheduled to be Scott Hall and Bobby Roode versus Diamond Dallas Page and Monty Brown, but we see Team Canada make their entrance, and Mike Tanay and Don West just casually mention that Scott Demore bought out the contract for Scott Hall for this matchup. Uh, not exactly what I was expecting here. Yeah, they just kind of casually glanced over that. I mean, Davis, because like you, I remember, I remember you told us beforehand that, uh, uh, you know, the Scott Hall doesn't do this match, and uh, we're sitting. Okay, I wonder how they're going to write this out, and then they just kind of casually mention it, and then that's it. And I'm like, well, okay then. <laughs> and the thing is, through all my research, I cannot find why Scott Hall wasn't actually in this match. I'm. I just assumed that it was just you know Scott Hall. Just Scott Hall was just like, eh, I'm just going to do this match. Yeah, I mean it. I I was confused too, and they just like I said, just barely even mentioned it. But what we got? Yeah. Uh, to compliment what Davis said, uh, you know, no offense to Scott Hall, I don't want to say what something that didn't happen if it was bad or not, but I will say that I do think that this match uh, was, I'm glad that he wasn't in the match because of what we got. And what we got was another team Canada match. <laughs> Good match. But again, you get all your team Canada tropes. Scott Demore with a distraction. Bobby Roode hits Monty Brown with the hockey stick, but it's not enough to overcome this new team of DDP and Monty Brown. Monty ends up hitting a massive pounce on Bobby Roode. DDP hits a top rope diamond cutter on Young and secures the one, two, three. Hell of a debut for this new team. How do y'all feel about it? Yeah, man. Uh, I love Monty. Uh, Monty's good people. Um, now, yeah. He's somebody I want to bring into New South. I know he's not wrestling anymore, but he, if he would just come in and hit a pounce on somebody, <laughs> I would love that. He dude, can hit it I, on me for all I care. <laughs> he, uh, man, he, he showed up whenever Lance did, uh, it was essentially, it was him promoting it. Um, Whenever New Japan did the whole thing in Dallas, Monty was there uh, and did a bunch of stuff. 
but yeah, you'll you'll never know where, where Monty will show up. He I think he lives in Texas, so Monty's a very private guy. Uh, yeah, he dude he he did a video just like out of nowhere, like Monty Brown post on Facebook, like somebody posts this video, like here's Monty Brown, oh my god, and it's just like. It's Monty doing that. It's like, what? What is he doing? He's being legitimately. Monty. He's my biggest what if in wrestling. Like he could oh, have yeah. been the biggest star for TNA, and they never put the strap on him. It just blows my mind. First of all, great fucking match. Uh, DDP and Monty Brown have amazing tag team chemistry, and I honestly want to see them tag more. <laughs> It's a team I didn't know I, I, I wanted, but I absolutely loved. Dude, my sentiments exactly. I did not know I wanted this tag team at all. But this two super charismatic guys who can go in the ring, what's not to love about it? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was great. Like, you know, I'm already a huge EDP mark. And just from what I've been seeing of Monty, has been absolutely fantastic. And they, if they could just go on a... I mean, I don't know if they, I don't know what's going to happen, but they, I'd love it if they like went on a run, maybe went for the tag titles. God, that'd be awesome. I would have loved if that had happened too. And now I'm sad that that didn't happen. So, yeah. so off topic for just a moment. Uh, here recently, uh, Lance Archer, or sorry, Lance, Lance Archer, Lance Hoyt, whatever, has been doing the pounce in AEW, and every time he does it, I have to try to say it like you do, Carmen. I mean, it's the only way to say it. You, exactly. you have to. In the parking lot, we are back at Dusty's office. The lawyer approaches Tracy and Trinity and asks if Dusty signed the document. They both say no, and he ain't gonna at the same time. So a nice little bit of uh, cohesiveness here for the first time that we're seeing. I'm a fan of that. It's like they're finally getting along. Trinity tells them to screw off and attempts to moon them. But Tracy covers Trinity's backside with the cowboy hat. She tells Trinity she needs to have some class. And Trinity quite eloquently says that she has a perfect something that rhymes with class. You know, I'm not here to dispute the facts. You know, I'm I'm just reporting what she said. Up next in our semi-main, AJ Styles defending his TNA X Division Championship in a 30-minute Iron Man match Holy against Christopher Daniels. Shit. Yes, exactly. My thoughts exactly. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that. Holy fucking shit. Again. A 30-minute Iron Man match. I'm not going to sit here and do hold for hold. Just please watch it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, this match was already match of the night when it got announced for me. And it definitely exceeded the hype that I set up for myself. And I'm really excited because of something I know that happens in the future that involves these two. Holy God. But But yeah, go ahead. Christopher Daniels picks up the first fall at 14 minutes and 30 seconds after blocking a 450 with his knees and following it up with an angel's wings. 
Christopher Daniels now with the early advantage really uses that. And he plays around with AJ. He's up one to nothing. But AJ manages to get the second fall of the match with only six minutes remaining after a roll up. During this time, AJ gets busted open. Christopher Daniels targets the wound. And then with 40 seconds remaining in the match, Christopher Daniels locks in a Koji clutch. AJ just pouring blood. Really iconic imagery here. AJ manages to hang on just long enough to end the match. Passes out at the end, but before the ref can call the match. So, we get a draw. Yep. CD gets on the mic. He wants sudden death. Dusty Rhodes comes out. He grants that. He says that we want to see the finish. Christopher Daniels, really vicious here, unleashes on AJ. He takes him to the top rope to attempt a Frankensteiner, but AJ holds on. He hits a diving Hurricane Rana, rolls through, and then hits a Styles Clash to win sudden death. Holy shit. Yeah. This is just 30 minutes of holy shit. All over the place. Uh, I love whenever CD thought he was thought he had won by thought that you know Styles was out, but he didn't realize the timer had run out. And he he went he went and threw his and grabbed the ref's hand and threw it up, and the ref just threw his fucking hand down. <laughs> he was like, "No, <laughs> you didn't win." Which I mean, to be fair, he's got a really good point there. Yeah, I can see why he would be upset over this. This is yeah. Yeah, this match right here, uh, man, oh man, um, it just 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 incredible wrestling. Uh, God, I say that Abyss and Jeff Hardy is my favorite match, but man, come on, man, this is just so good. AJ Christopher Daniels just in their prime, man. Uh, Iron Man match just to see who's the better grappler, who's the better wrestler. AJ wins uh, two to one. The match goes into overtime. Uh, winning overtime, I think it went a minute and forty two seconds into, into overtime. So mm-hmm. that was a uh, just just incredible. Um, so AJ Styles retains the X Division Championship. Uh, I think they'll probably say, you know, this was a this is our favorite match that we did. You know, insane match. Yeah, just an overall fantastic match. Just back and forth, back and forth. At one point, AJ hits Angel Wings on CD for a near fall. I was like, oh, shit. Yep. And they just, God, and part where, like, AJ gets busted open. And then, of course, CD's tantrum at the end. It was just, yeah. All of it was just a fantastic match. Go out of your way to watch it right now. Well, yeah, no- <laughs> f- finish the podcast, then go watch it. Yeah, I know yes, this, thank is, you. Uh, this is a podcast, but there's really no words, honestly, to describe that we can honestly give this match to fully explain how amazing it is. You just have to go out of your way and watch it. Could not agree any more. Second, well, well I, I don't know. 
Uh, I, I, yeah, I'll say match of the night for me, for sure. Backstage, we're at Jeff Jarrett's locker room. He is upset with his lawyer for not getting the job done. He says he'll get it taken care of himself. Once again, by any means necessary. Yeah, he seems to only be able to win his matches by any means necessary. This leads to our main event where Jeff Jarrett defending his NWA World Heavyweight Championship against Kevin Nash. Kevin has the upper hand at the beginning. They brawl all throughout the impact zone. This is the best stuff is whenever matches would spill all over the impact zone. You could see the impact zone and the crowd is chanting TNA, TNA. Miraculously, they go through a curtain and they go through two double doors and they're spilling out outside. They hit the table full of food and it's like like a bowl of barbecue. They got like the, the stuff that would be the sloppiest and messiest food and they placed it. The, the table was a plant, of course, but they they placed it on this table to make sure whenever they, they, they hit the table, stuff would fly everywhere and it just like hit the wall. So they had to clean the wall. I mean, who doesn't just leave a table full of food outside behind the building like why not that's that's, that's another one how many <laughs> tables of food are at the impact zone Jarrett gets busted open eventually we see Jarrett's plan and his little loophole is instead of a guitar he will use a cello that uh, was the best part of the match that was the best part of the match because Jeff pulls out a guitar case and everybody's like he can't use that guitar and then he goes to the Spanish commentators uh, table and I forget his name, but he's got he's trying to open this thing. OK, this is the he, best part. He struggles this, with it. Let's be honest. He's trying to open this thing and he can't do it. And those Spanish commentators are like, no, 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 no. They're both doing this. They're like, no, 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 no. They're wagging, wagging, the, wagging the finger, whatever, wagging the finger. They're doing that. No, no, no. And he finally opens it. And. He pulls out the cello, and as soon as he pulls it out and raises it into the air, the thing snaps in half, and he's just holding the neck, and he's just like, <laughs> damn. And I guarantee you they had a whole spot. Well, I take the cello out, and I hit you across the head, and that's the, that's the finish. You know, whatever. And <laughs> so, so hilarious. I laughed my ass off. So the whole spot just got ruined. And so he just like, he just picks up the body and just throws it at Kevin. And yeah, Don West is like, hey, who's that? Uh, uh, a cello. Jarrett regains control finally. He focuses on the knee of Kevin Nash. Ends up using the cello case as a weapon, as a workaround for his broken cello. So points for creativity. And we get to that point of the match. The old Jeff Jarrett special. The referee gets knocked out. Nash jackknife power bombs Jarrett onto the cello, but no referee to count the pinfall. And then we see, as Mike Tanay says, former WWE superstar Billy Gunn interferes on Jarrett's behalf, making his surprise debut when who would come out on behalf of Kevin Nash? But one, Sean Waltman. Six Pac! Yeah, I love how they use his uh, WCW name. Billy Gunn tries to interfere again, but is stopped by his former partner from the New Age Outlaws, BG James. 
During this distraction, Jarrett uses the title as a weapon, but Nash kicks out of that and a stroke. Nash goes for a choke slam, and Jarrett shoves the referee, hits a low blow, and a stroke to win. You know, as often as they go to the same well with Jeff Jarrett and hit the same tropes, at least they remixed it a little bit, and we get some debuts in. And that's where, you know, people freaking out with AEW, everybody switching over. That was the cool part about TNAs. Who's coming over next? And Billy Gunn's here, and his shirt, he got custom made. It says, no introduction needed. You already know who I am. And it has, like, his two little kiss things, you know, Mr. Ass, whatever. Um Greatest theme song in wrestling, by the way. I'm an ass man. I'm an ass man. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the, the debuts was very surprising to me. I had no fucking idea that Billy Gunn and X Pac was in TNA. And honestly, about, about like a few minutes into this, like, you know, this is Jeff Jarrett versus Kevin Nash. On paper, I don't give a fuck about this. This is because they obviously haven't, you know, uh, it hasn't been too good with them in there. And so I didn't think this would be much of anything. And a few minutes in, I turned to Davis. I was like, um, this has been pretty good. Not gonna lie. And then like, you know, we get more through it. I was like, okay, this is really good. <laughs> exactly. My sentiments. It was such a good match, surprisingly. And then just sort of devolved yeah. into normal Jeff Jarrett stuff. But yeah. even overall, the, I'll say it was really good. It was a lot better than I was ever expecting from Kevin Nash and Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, even with the Jeff Jarrett antics as we figured there would be, when Billy Gunn showed up and then and then, and then X-Pac did, I literally was like, okay, this is fucking awesome. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> but, but yeah, the, 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 I really enjoyed this like to the point that I this is actually like my third favorite match of the night. Yeah, it was just like on paper, you're like, uh, this is going to be one of those, oh, they're going to half ass it and Jarrett's going to win. But no, like they seem to legit go at it. And there's, you know, a bunch of unnecessary hardcore spots, but most of the wrestling was pretty decent. And just the parts of the cello and stuff. And yeah, it was a bunch of, you know, Jeff Jarrett doing Jeff Jarrett things. But I don't know. Maybe it hadn't hit me yet, but he's really entertaining. I'm really enjoying. Right, like Jarrett's character, and you know maybe I'm gonna get sick of it here soon. But as of right now, I'm loving it. Yeah, that's that's how I am with Jeff Jarrett. Like I, you know, I know what how everybody feels about Jeff Jarrett, and, and they talk about him. And so I've always been ready to shit on him on this podcast. But I'm really enjoying Jeff Jarrett. Not gonna lie, and uh, I, I, I hope that they do more with Billy Gunn and and X Pac. Hopefully there's more stuff with them in the future. Maybe I, I honestly, I would love to see all three of them team up. <laughs> I don't know if we get that or not, but yeah, it, it was really good. And uh, honestly, at one point I honestly was like, is Kevin Nash going to win? <laughs> yeah. A few times I was like, what is this? Does it happen here? It was like in certain spots, you just, man, it was just, that, ma- that match was good. Just great, great match. And we, and against all odds, 2005, Jeff Jarrett, still champion, aligned himself with the former Billy Gunn, Kevin Nash, newly aligned with Sean Waltman. Really interesting to see where this is going to lead. But what are your initial thoughts on the pay-per-view 
I'll start with you, Bryce. Great show all around. Uh, just just another one knocking out of the park by TNA. Um, you know, this is just a big fight feel matchup. You know, of course, Kevin Nash, big star, big star in Hollywood, doing it all for the money. Double J in his prime. Um, and then you have a very good co-main event with Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles in that X Division 30-minute Ironman match. The X Division Championship, uh, Jeff Hardy and Abyss, Full Metal Mayhem, uh, just great matches all around. Just just another classic TNA pay per view, man. Uh, you can't go wrong with this. Super entertaining against all odds, 2005, and it was a uh, this was it was a three hour long pay per view. So the fans at home were really excited. Uh, honorable mention, man. Uh, we we didn't get a chance to talk about it, and I guess I guess we'll mention it. Um. But uh, the 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 pre-show, uh, we we actually got some pre-show matches, and I don't know if you can watch them on Impact Plus. But with the DVD that I have, you go to the extras column, and it shows the two pre-show matches. They were three minutes uh, and forty-eight seconds. The other one was three minutes and twelve seconds. So very quick matches. Uh, you know, uh, the team of it was two tag team matches. So the team of Phi Delta Slam who was uh, Bruno Sassi and Big Tilly, um, which I loved. I love their gimmick. Uh, I think I think um, Trinity was their manager. So I thought they were awesome, uh, which it, this is some TNA history. So Phi Delta Slam, Big Tilly, and Bruno Sassi eventually turned into uh, – on-screen security guard so like they were the main event mafia security and then they were uh they were mick foley security guys so uh, but their gimmick was awesome they were like fraternity brothers that's what they call phi delta slam so uh they had they had like a cool logo it was greek alphabets so i was a big fan of them just two super heavyweight guys uh, they defeated the team of Lex Lavette and Buck Quarterman, and uh, Buck Quarterman, also known as uh, Jason uh, Jason Segan. Um, then they have they have another match, uh, the Harris brothers. Man, uh, Don and Ron Harris came out, uh, also known as the DOA, the Disciples of the Apocalypse. Uh, they rode out on motorcycles and they defeated the team of Mikey Bats and uh, Gerald Clark. What about you, Davis? Yeah, like this, this was just a, a, a great fucking show of top to bottom. I didn't really have anything. I, it was really that bad. Like even even the bad stuff was entertaining to us to a certain degree. I just it's, it's a great show. It's a great fucking show. KP. Uh, honestly, this has probably been my favorite TNA pay per view so far that we covered. Uh, this just a really awesome show. Three, three matches I could honestly say would be I could put up for match of the night contenders. I, I'm gonna give my match of the night obviously to AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels because that was just fucking unbelievable but uh highlights would be you know obviously that match uh i, I mean i can't believe i'm saying it but the main event jeff Jarrett and kevin nash loved it 
and DDP and Monty Brown and Eric Young and Bobby Roode. Uh, kind of odd uh, to see, but it worked for me. And I loved it. And it was honestly one of my third favorite matches. Uh, it's weird. Like I loved Abyss and Jeff Hardy and it was a great match, but I think I like DDP and Monty Brown and Eric Young and Bobby Roode more to give it the edge. So my top three are the final three matches. Then right behind that would be Abyss and Jeff Hardy. But uh, all the other matches were good too. I think honestly, the only downside I'd say was maybe Jeff Hammond's match, but even that wasn't like nothing that was enough for me to like, Oh man, fuck this. I, I just couldn't skip this match. It was, I liked every match on this. It's really fucking solid pay-per-view. I mean, bravo to TNA. I wish, I hope that they continue to do this more. I don't think they will, though. And now for the best time of the week, fan questions. And y'all, this first one, uh, a little out of left field, not going to lie. But it comes from friend of the show, Big Dave. Shout out, Dave. We absolutely love you. Follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Stoned Cold David. That's stoned as in, well, y'all know what he partakes in. And you can tell what he partakes in because he asks, who would you trust more to watch your kids for 30 minutes, AJ Styles or Christopher Daniels? <laughs> well, AJ's got like four kids, so I guess he's a decent parent but you know some of his beliefs you know as long as he does not you know do anything like that but yeah that's that's my opinion all right who would i trust more um okay so at this time let's let let's let's dissect this now at this time christopher daniels is uh the he's he's the fallen angel he's gonna preach to these kids and he's gonna do this and he's gonna you need to listen to the fallen angel. Fallen angel is going to give you the way. I don't want my kids hearing that if I had see, kids. See, right. That's exactly what I was thinking. AJ, You Styles, don't want the cult leader there. Exactly. AJ Styles, he's a religious, you know, he's a, he's a God-fearing man. He, he, he's already a family man. He's already got a little baby at home. He's got a, he's got a wife, you know. You, you know this about him, and he's also a damn good wrestler. So I'll take AJ Styles. When you said left field, yeah, that's a pretty left field question. Not, uh, you know, Bravo. This is this is great. I, I love these fun questions like this. Uh, hmm. It depends. Are we going to get? Are we talking about this version of AJ or current AJ? Because as Carmen has said before, this version of AJ looks like an it looks like an angsty teen that's always in trouble. While new AJ looks like the mother of an NC team that's always in trouble, <laughs> well, but uh, we we are a retro TNA podcast for just, so we're talking just about, for consistency. We're gonna go 2005 AJ Styles. Cool. See, let's see, if we're talking about 2005 AJ Styles. I'm gonna go Christopher Daniels because I don't know if AJ has a kid at this point. And, you know, like I said, he, he just looks like he's always in trouble and, and stuff. But uh, it, 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 uh, if we were doing current AJ over Chris Redems, I didn't go current AJ. I will say bold take choosing the devil-worshipping cult leader over <laughs> AJ Styles. But Hey, I don't to discriminate. Each, to each their own. <laughs> I mean... 
I think I think AJ's got at least two or three because I think I've seen his his dates that he has on his side, which I don't, I don't know at what point he got them, but I'm pretty sure I've seen those dates. At least one of them, two of them. I don't know. And our second question comes from Glenn Brandon Jr. Again, the most consistent person in all of podcast question asking. He says, based on what you've seen, what is your opinion on Jeff Hardy's career in TNA versus WWE? Ooh, man, Glenn always uh, kills it with questions. Like, bravo, Glenn. He always has really good questions every week. Uh, I've only seen a little bit of Jeff Hardy here. So I'm going to have to give the edge to WWE right now. uh, That may change later on after I see more of his stuff in TNA. I've enjoyed his stuff in TNA, don't get me wrong, but I feel like he's done more in WWE versus what I've seen so far. So I'm of the mindset, which I'm looking grand scale here. To me, the best part of Jeff Hardy's career are the late 90s, early 2000s in WWE, then his run in TNA, and then his championship run in WWE. Like To me, that's peak Jeff Hardy. I think the most memorable parts of his career are in WWE, but I think overall consistency and fun feuds and killer matches are all in TNA. So my vote's TNA. So TNA definitely made Jeff, uh, a bigger star than WWE, I think. Uh, I mean, later on, WWE, you know, put Jeff up there, like, before he left in 2009 or 2008. Um, but TNA made Jeff, like, oh, my God, Jeff Hardy is at TNA, you know. Like I said, it's the war of who are we going to get next? And you see that today with AEW. I love Jeff in, in TNA. I think... TNA let Jeff be a little bit more creative, uh, whereas WWE, you know, they won't like, okay, do this and just keep doing this. Whereas TNA, you know, he was doing all kinds of stuff, man. Um, they were letting him use his music, you know, everything was natural that Jeff was doing. Uh, yeah, TNA Jeff Hardy, that was a, that was a lot better than WWE's version. Yeah, I really don't have a whole lot of an opinion on this. Because my my Jeff Hardy exposure would be the Hardy Boys, and then you know Jeff Hardy now, and then what I'm seeing currently in TNA. I didn't. I, I don't. I don't remember watching wrestling when Jeff Hardy was the champion and was doing all this stuff. So I don't really have a a thought on that. But yeah, and and so far in TNA, he's killing it. And you know, I love the Hardy Boys. And then the stuff he's the stuff he's doing now is okay, but yeah, I'm, I must say TNA as well. Well, Bryce, it's that time of the show. It's the time we do our ratings, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with our rating scale. Hmm. But was this show TN amazing? TNA, TN, eh, TN acceptable or TN awful? Uh, I think, I think this was, this was TNA, you know, uh, you know, it it wasn't quite amazing, but I mean, it it is what it was. It was, it was a very good pay-per-view. Absolutely. Big fight feel pay-per-view. 
It was super entertaining. Uh, but this wasn't a pay-per-view where it was like, well, this is the goofiest stuff in the world. Like, this is... See, they had some, you know, dumb stuff throughout it. Like, I understand they kept pushing the fact, and that was probably Dusty's idea with the guitar thing. Like, we're going to tell Jeff, can't use that guitar. And we're going to tell him all night long, and he's going to try to fight it. No. Um, yeah, T T N A. I, I like I like your rating scale. I like that. Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't amazing, but it, thank it, it you was, so it was much. I, I worked hard on that skill. <laughs> hey, you can you can ask anybody. It, we've good. had it scientifically graded, and I feel like it might be one of the better scales in wrestling ratings. So, yeah, it's very good, very good scale. I like it a lot. What about you, KP? How would you rate Against All Odds two thousand five? Can't believe I'm going to do this, but fuck it. Uh, I'm going to go Tian Amazing. Whoa! Yeah. I first love, time ever. Yeah, my first ever one. I loved this pay-per-view from start to finish. Like I said before my initial review, uh, only one little slight little thing that I didn't really care too much for but it wasn't enough to ruin the pay-per-view for me every other match was top-notch and those last three or last four just chef's kiss I mean fucking bravo history making moment here on the pod I'm amazed right now what about you Davis and not to piggyback off of Prescott but I am also going to say and amazing what like just especially the, the the second hour of this show like it's just all good match after good match even the stuff that looks bad was good and even the stuff that was bad it wasn't that bad you know there there was it's just it's, it's all good it's just a really really fantastic show i recommend it to any wrestling fan like I said, it's, it, it starts out, hell, hell, it doesn't even start out a little slow. It was it was good in the beginning, a little eh in the middle, maybe, and then just amazing, amazing show. I might be happening up a little bit too much, but it was it was so fun, so fun. Maybe it's because of my benefit of hindsight and knowing what's to come. I know that there's still a little more left in the tank. I don't feel like this is firing on all cylinders quite yet. So I will be giving against all odds 2005 a solid TNA. I can't wait. Like if this, if this is like a, a sign of things to come or like where we're going from here, I, I'm I'm going to probably finally see why everybody says that like early TNA, you know, 2006, 7, 8 TNA was just like the best shit ever. All right, Bryce, it's been a pleasure to have you. Where can we find you on social media? What do you have coming up that you would like to plug? Man, uh, so that's that's an incredible question that you just asked. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, they check me out on Facebook, Bryce Boudreau. Uh, check me out on Instagram, Bryce underscore Boudreau. I'm on Twitter, Bryce Boudreau. I really don't post that much on there. I'm not, I'm not really a Twitter guy. I kind of have to be, though. Uh, but also, what you need to do is you need to check out what I've got going on. I am the 
uh, host and head producer of the newest affiliate of the United Wrestling Network. Uh, that's, of course, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood out of uh, Hollywood, California. Uh, they're expanding into regions across America. And, of course, uh, you might be familiar with the new uh, Championship Wrestling from Memphis, running out of uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, Championship Wrestling from Arizona, ran out of Arizona. Uh, Peter Avalon actually runs that. So, uh, but I run the Gulf Coast, baby. So I'm, I'm doing that, and we're having a good time and uh, working with Dave Marquez from Hollywood, and that's just been a cool experience. And uh, we had a big premiere on uh, February 28th, which is tonight. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, just just excited man uh as we record this so uh i'll be watching it tonight it's gonna be cool um but yeah you can follow us check us out man we're on facebook uh championship wrestling gulf coast uh check us out on instagram at cw gulf coast we're not on twitter yet uh, we do have a youtube channel uh and just uh go to united wrestling network.com for more information go to uh, united wrestling network youtube page to watch all the replays yeah, man, uh, we're having a good time. This is the this is the newest expansion of uh, United Wrestling Network. Eventually, we probably will have TV tapings, but as of right now, you know, we're going to stick to uh, the syndicated footage. So, what you're going to be seeing is the best action from Championship Wrestling for Hollywood. You're going to see action from Primetime Wrestling. You'll see action from um, uh, New Japan Strong on on Championship Wrestling Gulf Coast. So, it's a region specific version of the show. So. It's me broadcasting to you. I'm your host. I'm talking to you. And, uh, yeah, make you feel right at home here on the Gulf Coast. It's something to be proud of. It's cool stuff we're doing. What about you, KP? Where can the good people at home find you? What do you have coming up? Thank you, Carmen. Uh, the big people can find me on Twitter at Kyle S. Prescott. Uh, follow me there. I talk wrestling, horror, and anything in between. Uh, speaking of horror, I have a horror podcast that Carmen is the wonderful, amazing host does. Was recently on uh, a, a last week's episode about Jennifer's body. Great episode. Uh, check it out. Uh, we're called the Trick or Treaters podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Trick or Treat Pod, and we're available on all your podcast platforms. And uh, what have I got coming up this week? Well, I am going to be one of the uh, one of three hosts of the Haas tournament. At New uh, of New South Haas tournament, I'm going to be there this weekend and with you for Revolution. So I've got a pretty exciting week coming up. It's going to be great. What about you, Davis? Where can the good folks at home find you? So you can find me on Twitter at Kyrick three two eight nine. That's K Y R I C three two eight nine. You can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Uh Currently, I'm in the middle of a Final Fantasy X playthrough, but Eight-ish hours into it, uh, just about to go to the Operation Meehan part of the game, if you've played it before. Uh, Going to play through all of that, go for the Super Bosses, whole nine yards, and then after that, who knows? We'll just have to see whatever I decide to stream. Could be anything. If you've got any suggestions, uh, hit me up on my Twitter. And then, of course, this weekend, I'm going to be there right with, right with the boys at the Haas Tournament and... Spending the whole weekend with Carmen and Revolution Revolution Sunday. That cannot be stressed enough. 
how big Haas Tournament is to New South each and every year. Even bigger this year that we have IWTV hosting our live stream. In years past, they've got the taped version a couple days later. This is going to be our first live event. And it's two nights. Not only are we getting, you know, Davy Boy Smith Jr. versus Adam Priest, but you're getting Dylan McQueen versus Max the Impaler, O'Shea Edwards versus Nolan Edward. Like, there's a ton of really good matches on here. You get former WWE stars like Colin Delaney all coming in. And then the Independent Wrestling Championship, which has been held by Warhorse for over 500 days. That's being defended, too. That's insane, especially against the winner of the masked wrestler. Like, I'm so excited. Be my first time doing commentary live on the air. So, you know, a little nervous, but I have a good feeling about it. I think you'll do great. I think you'll do great, Carmen. You don't have to be nervous about it. You got this, buddy. You're going to knock it out of the park. But I'm super excited about that. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Carmen M. Childers. Make sure if you watch at home, you can watch for free. You get five free days of IWTV using the code NEWSOUTH, all one word. So get your five free days. Watch both nights of the Haas Tournament live. We'll have the little hashtag in the top corner, live tweet. You can tweet at us. You can tag us. Let us know your thoughts on the show. Uh, again, at Carmen M. Childers. You can tweet at New South underscore PW at Indie Wrestling. I'm just super excited. It's going to be a great week. I've been super busy, but it's going to be worth it. So I can't wait to see y'all this weekend. Maybe we'll get to uh, get some exclusive content to put out to the socials. Ooh, I can't wait. That's called foreshadowing. Uh-oh. And Bryce, like I said, it's been a pleasure having you. We do have a certain tradition here on the TNA podcast, and that is we allow our guests to send us home. So, Bryce, how would you like to end the podcast today? Well, I don't... <laughs> what do you mean? I don't understand this. <laughs> Just say whatever you want to close us out. Okay, um, man, uh, Christian Cage was the greatest NWA champion of all time. There you have it, folks. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Christian Cage, the greatest NWA champion of all time. Have a good one.